Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and we will allow you to take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And when we say you can take control of the airwaves, we mean you can bring up virtually anything. There's not a lot of heavy call screening on this show. It's pretty light. You just call in. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and in one word or two, what you want to talk about, and you'll get on the air if you're patient. 800-259-9231. We'll start the show out tonight, though, on spanking. And I don't mean adult-to-adult spanking. Right. I'm talking about <laughs> what two consenting adults do on their, yeah. in their own spare time. It's your business. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and it is your business how you want to treat your children, too. They are your children. However, I have constantly on this program in the past been an advocate of alternative methods of punishment as opposed to spanking i i'm not a parent first of, first and foremost mark you are however you have a almost two-year-old son he's 18 months 18 months uh so you are a parent and you're going to get into the point where your discipline is going to be an issue at, at some point yeah, soon. you know beginning to have to discipline jack so um, so you've got a lot of options, right? And spanking, of course, is one of them. The, what I'm going to share with you here is going to hopefully dissuade you from utilizing that option. And I don't know if that's even on the table for you guys, for you and, and your wife, Laura, these days. Is spanking on the table? Well, I mean, at, at this point, uh, we, we haven't come across anything that we would solve with the... Uh, the the you know the solution of spanking so you know uh, I don't think anybody wades into childbearing with the uh, with the idea why well, can't, can't wait wait till this kid gets a little older so I can beat no, him I, I don't think so but I think that it would I think that it's important to get into childbearing with the intention of not raising a hand to your child in a violent fashion and that's what I consider spanking I consider it to be violent and I had the good fortune uh, when I was growing up to have parents that avoided such things with me. It's not to say I didn't act out or have problems. I think that happens with every young person and their and their parents. But I remember early on, I think they did spank me very, very early on, once or twice, and then they gave it up. They decided that it was not something they wanted to do. And there's good reason for it. According to LiveScience.com, spanking can get kids to behave in a hurry, but new research suggests it can do more harm than good to their noggins. The study involving hundreds of U.S. children showed that the more a child was spanked, the lower his or her IQ compared with others. Uh, you, this this article is going to have to go a ways with me because this is kind of a chicken and the egg thing. I think that uh, that that people would agree that people from lower socioeconomic groups are more likely to spank their children really? and perhaps spank why? them more often. Why would that be the case? I don't know why. Why, why would somebody it's who just... makes wait a minute? Why would somebody who makes more money? be less likely to spank their children. That doesn't make sense. Um, you can, be, you they, can make a lot of money, be very successful, and still have a hot head. The, the, you could have a hot head. However, um, you know, let, let, let me draw some, like, real wide... With, 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 I'm going to paint with some real wide brushes here, all right? So people who have really wide brushes, um, people who have uh, more money, perhaps got more money by being able to come up with better solutions uh, to problems in some cases. So perhaps they, uh, you know, figured out how to use different solutions in different scenarios. I'm not saying that I think that uh, spanking is, is bad necessarily. I think it just, you know, it, it could be a solution to a problem. I've never come across the problem that I need to use it for. All parents want smart children, said study researcher Murray Strauss of the University of New Hampshire. This research shows that avoiding spanking and correcting misbehavior in other ways can help that happen. 
One might ask, however, whether children who are spanked tend to come from backgrounds in which education opportunities are less or inherited intelligence lower, essentially what you were just yeah, chickens arguing there. and eggs. Uh, but while the results only show an association between spanking and intelligence, Strauss says his methodology and the fact that he took into account other factors that could be at play, such as parents' socioeconomic status, make a good case for a causal link. He says that you can't say that it proves it, but I think it rules out so many other alternatives, I'm convinced that spanking does cause a slowdown in a child's development of mental abilities. He and his colleague at the Pacific Institute for Research and Evaluation in Maryland studied nationally representative samples of two age groups, 806 children from ages 2 to 4 and 704 children from ages 5 to 9. The researchers tested the kids' IQs initially and then again four years later. Both groups of kids got smarter after four years, but the two- to four-year-olds who were spanked scored five points lower on the IQ test than those not spanked. For children ages five to nine, the spanked ones scored on average 2.8 points lower than their unspanked counterparts. The results, he said, were statistically significant, and they held even after accounting for parental education, income, cognitive stimulation by parents, and other factors that could affect children's mental abilities. I mean, if you've got parents that are reading to their kids and parents that aren't reading, that's a big difference. But they took that into account here. Status, or Strauss, rather, is his name, will present the study results, blah, blah, blah. Whether or not spanking equates with dumber kids is not known and may never be known. That's because the only way to truly show cause and effect would be to follow over time two groups of kids, one randomly assigned to get spanked and another who would not get spanked. Right, and that's really the problem here is that what um, essentially they're saying is that uh, smarter kids come from families that don't spank. And that's all they can prove. Do you understand? Yes, I they're understand. They're not saying that kids that kids are smarter because they're not spanked. They can't say that. And and they're honest about that. Yeah, I but mean, they've got some speculation here, some ideas as to how okay. spanking is dangerous. Let's we'll hear the, those. Let's hear the liberal scientists speculate about uh, why they. Think well, wait, it's just true. because. Wait a minute. Is spanking a conservative kid or a conservative thing? Is that something only conservatives do? I mean, what is that supposed to mean, liberal scientists? Just guessing. Uh, so unlike I'm painting with broad brushes tonight, right? <laughs> if if the scientists can say that uh, kids are smarter because they don't get spanked, then I can paint with a wide brush tonight. All right. Well, uh, one of the study people, who, uh, excuse me, someone who was not involved with the study from the Center of Child and Family Policy. Uh, said following kids over time as the study did rules out the possibility that children with lower IQs somehow elicit more physical discipline. However, unlike research showing the link between spanking and a kid's aggressive behavior in which kids model parents' actions, the link is less clear to her. She added that a question still left unanswered is, what are some of the other mechanisms that could be responsible for the link between physical discipline and lower IQ? Now, spanking does send IQ store scores down, then here are some explanations as to what might be going on. According to the study... Uh, authors, contrary to what everyone believes, being hit by parents is a traumatic experience. And I can tell you that I remember that. I, I don't remember when I was young, but there was one time when I was a teenager that my mom, uh, I think I said the S word to her or something like that, and she slapped me across the face. I'll never forget that. Uh, it was very st- striking, uh, and it really stood out as... I think that was the idea, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but it didn't stop me from doing or thinking anything. It was just a it was just her lashing out in anger at me and deciding to to strike me. She was probably shocked 
too, to hear it. Well, whatever. I consider it disrespectful to say words like that in front of my mother. I understand that, Mark, and generally I didn't do that, but I did in that case. And I don't, you know, I don't even remember what the circumstance was. Yeah. <laughs> that often is the way it is with, uh, with punishment, is that the child, I, I remember having been punished as a child, I don't remember what I did to get it. No, see, I, I remember that my mother hit me, but I couldn't tell you what beyond the S word that it had to do with. I think you're actually doing pretty good. I, I couldn't even go that far in, in most of the, the punishments that I can remember. He says that we know from lots of research that traumatic stresses, uh, stresses affect the brain adversely. And also, the trauma could cause kids to have a more stressful response or re- more stressful responses in difficult situations and so may not perform as well cognitively. By using hitting rather than words or other means of discipline, parents could be depriving kids of learning opportunities. With spanking, a parent is de- uh, delivering a punishment to get the child's attention and to get them to behave in a certain way. It's not fostering children's independent thinking. There's no real reason behind spanking. It's just you're lashing out at your children because you can't think of a no, better way no, to punish them. It, <laughs> That's what spanking is. It, it's, a, it's a way to, to, to stop. It said right there, the first line of the article, it is an effective means to quickly change a child's behavior. What do you say about, uh, say, people who might have been spanked that are members of Mensa now? I don't think the study is saying that you couldn't have a high IQ and be spanked uh, as a child. You're just dumber. They're just making... You could have been... You could have been a little You smarter. could have been Brainiac. You could have been a supermensa instead I just of just don't, mensa. I just don't hear that in this article. I, I hear a bunch of scientists that, that probably are, you know, crusaders for the anti-spanking movement or whatever. Breaching is what I hear. What I want to hear from you is how you feel about spanking at 800-259-9231. Are you a parent who spanks on a regular basis? Are you a parent who's never raised a hand to your child? Do you, do you have some creative ways to deal with uh, your child's issues of outbursts or being bad without spanking your kids. 800-259-9231. What's your story? Your thoughts? Free Talk Live. Or bring up any... Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for... Everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give to you, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Do you hate making extra trips just to carry the grocery bags? For the last few months here at the house, we've been using Totasac, and I love it. I fell in love with this thing the first time that I used it. It is 100% made of recycled materials right here in the United States, and it's designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. It's this brilliant little handle that uh, it's allowed me to bring back almost 100% of my groceries in one trip. 
I mean, we'll go without groceries here in the house for that two case weeks. Of, that, that, that case of soda or beer or whatever really can't be carried by it, but that, yeah. that's only because it's not in a bag. Right. That's the only thing. Uh, otherwise, I've loaded six, seven, eight bags, just depending on all, how much stuff is in it, all onto one of these tota sacks, and then two tota sacks, one in each hand. I got the entire back of the car in uh, one trip back to the house. It's a brilliant little device. You can go to totasack.com to order some for yourself, get yourself a family pack, or uh, I think two packs are also available, T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. The family packs are more aggressively priced, I think. Indeed. And we're actually going to be doing a giveaway tonight, right, Mark, of yep. the Toto Sack? So keep listening for your chance to win a two-pack so you can try them out for yourself. Uh, we'll go to your phone calls here. We started out the show with a story from LiveScience.com talking about spanking and how at least one study has shown that, and that involved hundreds of uh, children, by the way, over several years. Uh, the study shows that if you're spanking your kids, that may lo- uh, lead to a lower IQ. Let's go to your phone calls, because I want to know how you feel about spanking. Uh, it's certainly, I think, still a controversial subject out there. Some parents, uh, like mine, swore, uh, swear it off completely, and they dedicate themselves to thinking of more creative ways to discipline their children, uh, whereas some people swear by spanking. They believe that it's just absolutely a, a very effective method for disciplining but if you think that it's effective at disciplining your children, I must ask, if you found out that it was true, and we can't say conclusively that it is, but if you found out that it was true that spanking your kids harmed their intelligence, would you consider stopping? 800-259-9231. Let's go first. Ladies first. And Norma in South Carolina, listening to WSC-FM. Norma, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey. Um, I do believe in spanking, but I think there are two kinds of spanking. I think one is that it's a last resort, and it's an attention-getter. It's not a beating. But um, there are two kinds of children. There's very young children that you can just look at sternly, and you never, you know, you get immediate response, and they respond nicely. But then there are children who push the limits. I had two boys, and they pushed the limits. Um, And so I think there are times when you have to just say, it's not a beating, just a hello, you can't do that draw the line in the sand kind of thing. So I do believe in it, but within limits in it can't possibly have hurt their IQ because they're really smart kids now and they're in their 30s and they're doing great. So I see too many kids going to school that are undisciplined. They haven't a clue because mom and dad are so terrified to hurt their little feelings. And what happens is teachers don't like them, kids don't like them, they don't do well in school because they have no idea what discipline is. So, you know, I, 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 I agree to, to some extent. The only thing that I would say is that perhaps um, the, the, the ones that are not getting disciplined that are going to school that aren't, aren't doing well are probably uh, not getting spanked that are going to school that are not doing well are probably just not getting spanked because the parent doesn't care as opposed to the parent doesn't want. Like, I don't know. I haven't found too many kids of, of the Well, sort of, I, yeah, I see your point. I agree. But I, my sister, for instance, she's um, 70 and she's... Uh, just started babysitting and um, for this precious little boy who's four years old, but his mother thinks he acts out because he gets, you know, not enough sugar or whatever in his diet, or he has too much sugar, or he has this or whatever, and really, he just walks all over this woman. I mean, she just does nothing, it's, and she's very interested in him. She's just... You know, she has long conversations about his diet and what he's eating and all of this stuff, and that's probably why he's misbehaving. And it's like, hello, 
<laughs> now he's misbehaving because you're not putting limits on his life. You know, well, that all makes sense. Uh, limits. I'm I, I'm fine with limits. I'm fine with rules. And I think that you know your critique on that point is accurate. But as far as uh, spanking being a necessary tool for parents with young people with the uh, youngins that are acting out, as you were t- uh, putting it earlier, I, I just I just can't agree with that. I mean, we've talked about this issue in the past, and maybe a parent will call in tonight and share their story about how they came up with some alternative ideas of punishing their uh, their child that didn't involve raising a hand to them. But but personally, Norma, when you were raising uh, your kids, what would what would a spanking what would receiving a spanking be like from you? Would it be several Several spanks? Would it be you know a quick swat? How, could you describe okay. a little more? Age specific. If the child is under two and you they, you've said no several 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 times and they give you that look like have you ever seen a little child you say no don't touch that and they look at you with their eyes you know at an angle and then their little hand is out reaching for the next thing to their grab that you've just told them no well. A little tiny swat after you've said no all multiple times, you don't. It wouldn't even sting, but it's the. It's just you're in charge. Actions, consequences. That's what it's all about. Thanks, Norma. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Richard, listening to WSCFM in South Carolina. Richard, you're on Free Talk Live. Richard dropped. Richard is gone. Okay, then. Well, let's try Bob in Tallahassee, listening to WFLA FM. Hello, Bob. Bob, you are on Free Talk Live. All right, thank you. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Go right ahead. Yes, sir. I just wanted to make a comment. I think that the problem that people have is that a lot of times parents will spank their children, and it's when they're angry. Mm -hmm. And whenever you've taught your child that when you're angry, you hit them, and then they learn that when you're angry, you hit other people. So I'm going to be real surprising to you and say that Spanking is something that parents do, and it should be used as a consequence, but not when they're angry. It's an interesting distinction. You know, um, Robert, I, this is this is probably the one area on spanking that I, um, you know, that I, I disagree with it on because. For me, I, I had this instance occur. My mom tried a couple of different things. She had one kid. You know, you got to try a few different things, and, and I don't blame her for any of that. But she tried this holding off on the spanking till later. And, you know, the just the fear of what was – she said she was going to give me a spanking, and the fear of it coming was just horrifying to me. I remember running around trying to do whatever I could to make to, – to, to avoid the consequence. It's this um, – you know, I, it, it happened so long ago. I was I, I was just scared to death by what would happen. I guess I got the spanking. I don't really remember whether I did or not, but I remember really hating the idea of getting it. Well, but I don't the know. problem I see the problem I see with it is that if you don't teach children, and I say children, that there are consequences to their actions, then as adults, we have way too many adults that don't believe that there should be any consequences to what they do, and so. You can't punish a child when you're angry with spanking them because I do believe that you're teaching them to hit people when they're angry. I but think if you use – go ahead. It's, it's funny. Oh, I'm, I'm just – you know, now you've got split between us because we both disagree with you um, oh. because I believe that consequences should occur when the action occurs and that holding it off, it, it makes about as much sense as killing no, a man 15 years after. I don't think you're understanding he... what he's saying. I, I, I want to hang on to you just here for a little bit, Bob, if you don't mind. We'll bring Bob back and take your calls as well. 800-259-9231. Thoughts about spanking and parenting and is it possible to raise children that, are, that act out without spanking them? It's Free Talk Live. 
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Juicy Juice, creators of the Juicy Juice Brain Development and Juicy Juice Immunity Fruit Juice Beverages. For more information, visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to staying healthy, the digestive system is a great place to start. It's 70% of the immune system. Look for kid-friendly foods that are high in fiber, like popcorn and yogurt. Prebiotic fiber helps the good bacteria in the gut flourish, while simple sugars like high-fructose corn syrup only help the bad, leading to bloating and discomfort. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live. It is the Saturday edition of the pro- uh, the program. We're here live taking your calls about whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go over to wiki, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com, and get interactive for free. I want to tell you how you can get a free week of the Choose for Health's Superfruit Complex. It is a chewable antioxidant and vitamin all-in-one. It contains goji fruit, mangosteen, acai, and nani fruit. And these are these superfruits are considered by many experts to be some of the most nutrient-rich fruits that the world has to offer. Don't have to take any more of those big horse pills, those shots of that really tart wolfberry stuff. Call this number, 800-219-8874. You get a free week. Just have to pay a little bit for uh, shipping and handling. 800-219-8874. Choose for Health Superfruit Complex. Talking about spanking and the uh, LiveScience.com story that we started the show out with suggesting that spanking is actually going to be de- uh, detrimental to well, your child's you intelligence quotient. And it looks like we've got Bob back with us in uh, Tallahassee listening to WFLA-FM. So just to kind of asking you about how you feel about spanking, uh, you, you, the listener, uh, to dial on in at 800-259-9231. would especially like to hear from a parent that raised a, a child that had some issues, some, you know, some acting out issues, that managed to get through all 18 years without ever raising a hand to them. would love to hear about some of your strategies. But Bob, you're back on it. What you were saying earlier is, I understood it, and I think, Mark, you were misinterpreting what Bob was saying. I, what I heard you saying, Bob, was that you think that, ang- that uh, spanking should not be used out of anger, that it should be used as a consequence, in that uh, it sounded to me like you were suggesting that you would tell the child in advance that, well, if you do such and such, that will result in a spanking. Yeah, I wasn't getting that. Whereas uh, what a lot of people do is child acts out, uh, parent gets angry, they react with violence. Was that what you were saying, Bob? That is exactly correct. In other words, you set limitations on your child to where they understand that if they do this, this is a consequence they will get. And I have no problem with spanking in that situation. But a lot of times the buttons have been pushed by the child, and the parent will then use spanking as a means of controlling. And I think they're doing it in the wrong manner because they're doing it when they're angry and that has then taught the child that you hit when you're mad. I get, I, I understand where, and I agree with what you're saying there. I guess what I thought you were um, saying was that you kind of say you're going to get spanking if you do that, and then they wait, sort of, uh, you no. know, a couple no. of hours to administer the spanking. No, no, later. no. There's no, there's no. We're not going to hold trial next week. We're going to hold trial today. <laughs> okay. You know, I have to say that if you're going to spank, I think that your approach is probably the best one I've ever heard. Because normally whenever I see it being done in public, it always seems like the angry parent situation that, uh, that, that you were describing. And, but, but then I must ask, Bob, if you have a situation where you're informing your child that spanking will be the punishment for such and such of, of an offense, 
why not simply replace spanking with something else, like a loss of a privilege or you know not getting to eat dessert or, or something else uh, that doesn't involve violence? I agree with that, and that is an alternative that you do use. The, the problem with the, the other things that you're mentioning, and there's hundreds of them where you take the video games, the TV, mm-hmm. the phone, all those things are proper and they're used, but I think that it's kind of like, You've got to have this is the ultimate, and you understand that when you cross the line, this is your ultimate punishment because I don't want to do it. But at the same time, you've got to learn that this is an ultimate consequence, and you must learn that there are some consequences that you definitely don't want to cross the line on. Isn't it possible, though, that, that coming from that perspective, and as I say, I, you know, I, I give you credit where credit's due. I think your perspective is better on spanking than, than a lot of people's perspective. But isn't it possible that still, nonetheless, that even though it is just being held out as a, a potential consequence, and eventually if it's, if it's utilized, doesn't that still teach the young person that violence is a way to solve problems? I, I don't think so, because are you saying that putting somebody in prison is not a violent action towards them for their consequence sure is no i wouldn't be saying that but then again people that go to prison actually you know hopefully would have harmed others in order uh, to and some kids and do you understand okay well so you say spanking then is used when you harm somebody else you can set that as a parameter you know i it's i have a tough time with this issue personally because i it's one of the reasons why i don't want to have kids because i i wouldn't want to have to deal with this situation but maybe a little imprisonment might be better than spanking uh, and I understand what you're saying, but when you're saying imprisonment versus whenever you put somebody actually in prison and they're confined to a cell, they get one hour outside a day, mm-hmm. you don't ever get that with a child. You know, you, you've sure. never, I've never seen that with a child. Sure. And be- yet there's going to be children nowadays that have committed the heinous crimes that we have. And I'm wondering if it's because, you know, we have different generations and the generations of the me generation, the Y generation, the... You know, all of these things come, and is it because they have failed to be under the understanding that there's consequences? Bob, I appreciate the uh, thoughts tonight. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Natalie listening to WSCFM in South Carolina. Natalie, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how are you? Hey, just super. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm a mother of two, and I found I am um, a parent that believes in spanking, and I only had to do it when she was two and three, and it was don't touch the stove, don't go near the pool and things in that order. And she's six, and I haven't had to spank her in a couple of years because I set those boundaries when she was younger. If you found so I'm out, totally for spanking. If you found out that the spanking that you did when she was two or three has has retarded to some extent her ability to develop mentally, would you regret that? Of course I would. Yes, but that has not been. She's amazing. No acting out in school. No. No violence at all. No violence. So I haven't found that to be true. And I think if you set that when they're young and they kind of hopefully she doesn't really remember it, she hasn't done anything to act out, then I think it's a definite you need to do it. I'm totally for it. Didn't we look at a study once, Mark, that, sh- that showed that most parents believe in uh, in using spanking? I don't. In America, I, 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 I can't recall it, but it certainly sounds accurate to me. I mean, I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell people that they shouldn't use uh, spanking as no. A, they're your a, kids. I mean, you can do whatever you want with them. It's just that I, there are parents out there that can raise problem children without ever raising their hands to them in a, in a violent fashion. I've and seen I, some real rotten kids. I mean, I just gotta say, <laughs> no doubt about yeah, that. we all have, especially at restaurants. <laughs> right, Natalie. Any other thoughts for us tonight? 
Well, and with Bob, you said out of anger, whenever I spanked my child, I wasn't red in the face and screaming. I was very calm and said, this hurts me more than it hurts you. I, and I would probably, I usually left the room and cried afterwards. It wasn't hard, but it's still, so I, I still say never, ever do it in anger. Don't be yelling as you're spanking your child. That's, that will definitely send the wrong message. If I told you once, I told you a thousand yeah, times, exactly. keep it good. Thanks, Natalie, for your thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. This is always a tough one for me, Mark, because everybody's against me. You do not have any, just a foothold here. I mean, we're on, for God's sakes, on Saturday night, we're on some of the biggest Republican stations in the nation, (laughs) and you're talking about no spanking. Good luck, pal. My favorite... What is this about Republicans? Why is it... (laughs) My parents were Republicans, and they didn't spank me. It's a conservative issue, I'm afraid. Um, what? Uh, just, Why? just saying. Just saying. I'm not saying it's a Republican, Democrat, are, but it is conservative versus liberal issue. Are you saying that conservatives are, have a proclivity towards uh, spanking their children more so than liberals I'll do? I'll go ahead I mean, and say that, yeah. I mean, Barack Obama's bombing bo- uh, brown people and black people across the world. Sure, They're Barack clearly Ob- prone to violence. Well, and, and, and all presidents are sick, evil killers. Right? Yeah. Find me one that's not. Right. So, I mean, that's what it takes to get into his position. It's his job to kill people. All right? Well... <laughs> It seems to be that way these days, but all right. Uh, uh, you know, I, I've just got to say, my favorite was the. Uh, you know, it's been years now, but the the soft spoken psychologist that called up and said, uh, "Oh yes, it's it's fine to spank." And you were just left dumbfounded. I really like that one. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I know there are parents out there with this with stories about how they were able to discipline their young children without using spanking. But sometimes it's hard to find them. It really is hard to find them at 800-259-9231. We got stations in Vermont. I figured that'd be where they'd come from, you know? That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So if you want to share that with us, please do. Right now we're going to give you the Tota Sack. You get a two-pack. If you are the second caller at 603-435-1105, just because I don't want to take a whole bunch of calls, 603 603- Four three five eleven zero five. I know it's long distance, but hey, it's free, right? You're getting a free two-pack of the Tota Sack. Makes carrying things a lot easier, specifically bringing the groceries back from the store. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Totasack.com. Dial in right now at 603-435-1105. More coming up here at Spanking or whatever you want to talk about. Free Talk Live. Gunday, Gunday, Gunday. Three days to exercise your Second Amendment rights for only $10 per person. October 9th, 10th, and 11th at Knob Creek Gun Range. The world's largest machine gun shooting military gun show is fun for the whole family. With machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and over 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m. Call 502-922-4457 or visit KnobCreekRange.com. That's KnobCreekRange.com. Talk Live. It's the Saturday edition of the program, and you can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Coming up, we get a chance. We'll tell you about a disturbing snitch program that is uh, being implemented. Uh, we'll get to that, but your calls are the primary element here at 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features there free, so go and take a look-see and enjoy. If you like what you see, and if you like the site, you like the show, and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy... 
you'll probably find it. Amazon has dozens of categories. You've been there. They're the world's largest Internet retailer. Just enter through our little portal, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage. Same great prices, same free Super Saver shipping deals on lots of brand new items, even used items. Uh, so head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Now, while you're in your browser, take the startpage.com seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, and unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. All right, we're going right back to your phone calls here. been discussing spanking. I put the call out uh, to see if we could find a parent that actually has successfully raised uh, a child without raising their hand to them during their 18 years of, uh, of child rearing. As of yet, nobody's called. So far, it's all been people calling supporting the idea of spanking. 800-259-9231. I believe it can be done. It was done with me. My parents managed to raise me. I'm not saying I was the worst child ever, but then again, I wasn't raising me, so I guess I can't really comment on well, that. Well, yeah, actually, your parents didn't qualify on the criteria that you just laid out. What, because I, I think they spanked me once when I was younger? Once or twice. I, I think they you did. You said make it 18 years, not I think, hand. but they swore it off because they realized that it wasn't a good thing to do. Okay. So let's many, go to your how calls. How many uh, IQ points do you think that took off, that one spanking? I don't know. I, I'm not going to say. Heather is in <laughs> South Carolina listening to WSCFM. Heather, plot. you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi. I'm a single mother, and I have two small boys. And I used to be pretty hardcore, no spanking. And since I started doing this on my own, and since they've gotten older and they've gone through those temper tantrum years, I have to say that I have spanked them. And it is something that I do when I have tried time out and every other logical consequence. And the only thing that I have left is to bend them over my knee and just say, I'm sorry, I love you, but you've got to stop whatever you are doing. How old are your boys? So I have a four-year-old and I have a two-year-old. And they have gotten to the point where they will just scream and throw fits. Um, it's not, again, it's something that I don't try to do all the time. It's something that I try to do as a very last resort. I think I do it maybe once every few weeks. So, what was but it? I, I mean, I do think that there can be consequences other than spanking, and I do think that it is possible to raise children without spanking. I mean, I think you need to have resources and patience. And, and I do think there are people out there that have that, but I regret to admit that I am not one of the people with that kind of patience, although I do try That's every a very day. honest statement, I have to say. I think two two boys together also creates a sort of synergy, if you understand. I mean, yeah, it, I didn't it, have that growing up. It was me and my sister. Right. If, if, if you're gonna They're have... constantly hitting each other and, and agitating <laughs> each other on purpose. <laughs> I didn't think that started this early, but they pick at each other already. Hmm. They would be 10 months old and two and a half. And the little one would have a hand, hold of the big one's hair, and the big one is hitting the little one. <laughs> <laughs> it's stories like this that make me glad I have a vasectomy. See, oh, it, my gosh. You know, they're, is... they're a joy, though. They really are a joy. So, yep. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way, but it is a challenge. But I do have to say that I have always, I really do believe that hands are for loving and hugging, not for hitting. And I do try very hard to make sure that that's what I use my hands for. Oh, okay. So, so what do you use, a bull whip or Switch. Uh, <laughs> do you make them fetch the switch? <laughs> <thing? laughs> if, if I've ever spanked them, it's been with my hands. But, again, it's, it's something that I try very hard not to do. And I try every day to try and be a better parent to them because I want them to have a better life. That's why I became a single mom instead of 
you know, how our life was before. Heather, gotcha. I appreciate your thoughts and the call tonight. Thank you so much for making it at 800-259-9231. Let's go to Adam, also listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, I just thought I would uh, contribute a little bit because my parents did raise me with uh, without ever spanking. Um, were, you, were you a little brat? I was at times. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I used to be kind of the, the mean older brother sometimes with my little brother uh, okay. up until a point. You know, I mean, th- there were times when um, I'm sure it crossed their mind, but. Oh, I bet. I'll bet. It would cross that, my mind, too. And I, <laughs> that's what scares me about it because I wouldn't want to do that. that they actually used, though, um, in retrospect, took an extraordinary amount of patience, but they would pull me aside and explain step by step why what I was doing was an issue. And they would, I mean, they were teaching me what the actual, you know, real-world consequences for it were. You know, don't hit your little brother, not because it's not allowed. You know, it wasn't, it was never a this is because I said so kind Mm -hmm. of thing. It was you hit him, you could seriously hurt him. You're bigger than him. And, you know, and they would show me pictures and stuff. Uh, You know, my my aunt was a nurse, you know, so they'd show me pictures of people that had been, like, brutally beaten and, and, you know, stuff like that. Mm. Say, do you want your little brother to end up like this, you know? And they would try to give me real-world consequences to the actions that they were trying to dissuade, which, uh, you know, and and maybe that's where the IQ thing comes in, because they were forcing me to think about, Mm. you know, long-term results from my actions rather than, oh, I better avoid getting hurt. Right. Mommy and daddy might hurt me, so I better stop as opposed to, hmm, I might actually hurt my brother or, or sister, and so maybe it would make sense for me to do this because I wouldn't want that done to me. Now, I guess my question is, as they would, when they would show you these things or they would go through these steps, you were, I guess, in the midst of fighting with your brother. So how would they get you to stop fighting? Would they just physically separate you and, and restrain you? You know? Yeah, when I was younger, um, I guess probably the last – I actually can remember the last time that I actually took a swing at my little brother. He's about three years younger than me. Mm. Um, but, you know, and that was probably when I was about seven or eight maybe. So up until that point, you know, they would pick me up and, you know, set me on the couch kind of thing. You know, I was small enough to do that. The last time I actually swung on my brother was when I gave him a bloody nose with an actual punch instead mm. of, you know, little kids slapping stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's when I was like, oh, wait. This is starting to look like what I saw on those pictures. I better not. I better stop. You know. Interesting. I, I really appreciate you uh, sharing that with me because I always, whenever we have these conversations, and they come up like once every six months or once oh, a year. Oh, I don't think we're that, that often. Once a year on on Free Talk Live, uh, it's it's usually the same. Usually, the majority of the people are accepting of the idea of spanking, and they are always, you know, they always say it's the last resort. And I think that's fine. I, I mean, if you're going to spank, it should be the last resort. You should try everything else first. But it's always interesting to hear from those parents that manage to handle a situation like what you're talking about. I mean, our last caller was saying that she's got two. Boys Boys, and so that means that you know she has to spank at some point, and you were ju- you've just essentially been the perfect rebuttal to that, saying that you were in a situation with two boys, you were one of them, and your parents successfully raised you without ever raising a hand to you, and 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 did that. I think it's a great story. Anything else you want to share tonight? Well, um, yeah, just to add on to that a little bit. Um, after the point that I was after I was about four years old, it was my mom as a single mom doing this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because wow. my dad was on at that point, so. Now, she could scream. She could scream with the best of them, but mm-hmm. it never crossed that line. 
Thanks for the story tonight, Adam. I appreciate you sharing that. And thanks for the call at 800-259-9231. Oh, took an hour, but that's what I was looking for. <laughs> you know, I'd like to bring up the, the, the obvious one on this one is, uh, you know, uh, spanking being uh, sort of chastised by people who don't have children is, is kind of like, uh, you know, the... People that uh, men talking about abortion or women talking about yeah. war. It's it's like we the initiated. I have a child. Really appreciate the kind words from you, the uninitiated. But you know, now move along. Thank you very much. Well, now you've got him from Adam, who uh, and, and and you know, I was raised by parents that didn't spank. So I think that's a valid position to be coming from here to say yes, it is possible uh, to get through life without having your parents raise their hand to you. Because I do believe that spanking does essentially not explicitly but implicitly teach kids that violence can solve problems and i love it when we hear from people that have got that have s- solutions that are creative toward uh dealing with uh, kids that are acting out that's what i like creativity and as he pointed out it took patience and patience is a virtue it's not easy to be patient but i think it can be worthwhile especially in the case of uh, raising your kids. Well, I think that uh, one, of the, one of the things that people will, uh, will claim, um, and I, I have to agree, is, is the world is full of violent consequences for bad action. Um, as a matter of fact, that's what the world's all about, and that's what a parent's job is, is to prevent violent, con- or, you know, is to teach the, ch- the child that there are violent consequences and therefore prevent them in the future. So perhaps a small amount of violence in the form of a spanking will beat the heck out of, say, falling off a cliff or touching a very hot stove or all these other things. I'd say you're reaching there. Hour number two is coming up, 800-259-9231. I still assert it is uh, dangerous. Uh, It is not good for your children's development to spank them. Try your best to avoid it. It is possible, according to Adam there. And your calls about anything, you can still comment on this in hour number two or bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. Free talk live. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar. And get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T.com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free handgun. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program, and you can bring up anything by dialing the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. That number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Coming up here, when we get a chance, uh, Mark, you've got a story about snitching, encouraging neighbor to snitch on neighbor, or in this case, employee to snitch on boss. Uh, we'll get to that here in a bit if we get a chance, but your calls are what we go to first. 800-259-9231. Right to them. We go to, I believe Bodie is on the line in New Hampshire. Bodie, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, the spanking thing? Yes, sir. Um, uh, I'm 17, and my uh, my my dad's really uh, 
a libertarian he has been for the for the past few years and um well I, I guess ever since I was born and um and I'm unschooled. Uh, it's like it's like homeschooling but um I, I pretty much pick whatever's being learned. I love that approach, by the way. I mean, I have no... Seems very interesting to me, too. Yeah, I have no experience with it, because unfortunately I went to a government school uh, when I was growing up, but the idea of home of homeschooling versus unschooling, homeschooling is much more curriculum-based, where the parent decides, I'm going to teach this, this, and this, uh, whereas unschooling, I think, did you get a little bit of uh, kind of basics in the beginning, like, you know, learning how to read and things like that, and then they just turned you loose? Yeah. Yeah, I um, I... I learned to read uh, pretty early with my parents. You know, we read, like, uh, little flip-up books and stuff. And then mm-hmm. um, I actually got into World of Warcraft when I was, like, 11, and that taught me to really type well and stuff like that. So you get to pick your own uh, destiny as far as what things you want to learn about, and uh, you feel like that's been pretty good, that you've you've ended up fairly well-rounded as far as your education is concerned? Uh, well, I'd say I'm a little behind on uh, math and stuff, but, yeah, I'm, you know, that's just because I haven't really pursued it. Well, I can tell you that I don't. I, I went up to what was it, pre-calculus, I think, when I was in the government schools, and I've never needed anything maybe beyond algebra, some of the basic concepts of what X could be. I mean, that was kind of useful, but algebra is about as far as I think it's even necessary, and most of that is completely useless uh, if you're not programming for a living. If you're if you're doing math-based things for a living, like engineering and programming and architecture, then yeah, you need to know math, geometry, and that sort of thing. Uh, but I think that's uh, I think it's an interesting approach, and and I, I always inter- interesting to hear about it. Brody, did you uh, go to college? He's seventeen. No, I'm I'm seventeen. So that doesn't I'm, mean you know. No, I'm that's I'm true. getting there. Some homeschooled kids go to college at thirteen 12. or something. Uh, so no, what else no, were you calling in about tonight? Did you just want to no, share that with us? No, I just wanted to talk about the spanking thing because uh, my dad has been a stay at home dad. Um, uh, when I was little, he you know he worked and and whatever, but. Um, so we hang out a lot, and uh, and I, I he, he's never been a believer in, in the violence thing. You know, it's he's him and my mom are really uh, spiritual kind of kind of people. You know, and and um, not not you know religious, but sure, very spiritual or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and I've I've been I was sent up to my room once, and that's because I was really really screwing with my sister. But um, other you know other than that, it's like. I I really uh, the reason I called in is because all these people talking about um spanking their kids and stuff it just really it was making me angry and I had to I had to give my you know my two cents on it and I I really think it's it's unnecessary and I think if you sit down and 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 talk with your kids and like uh, the way I really felt disciplined was just like seeing disappointment in my parents faces that you know if I did something bad like or you know just hearing how angry they were or you know like if i was really annoying them when we were on a long trip or whatever they'd really ask me to stop and ask me to stop and i guess i guess it does take a lot of patience but i still you know i still couldn't imagine ever hitting my kids very good Bodie. i thank you for sharing that with us tonight here at 800-259-9231 for those just tuning in we uh, were talking about spanking the last hour of course it's free talk live you're welcome to comment on whatever you want let's go to I think Chuck is listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah, Chuck. I'm a person that believes in spanking. Okay, sir. Um, I, I have particular rules that apply to it, though. One is discipline is never a matter of mood. 
And if a child is allowed to do something, it doesn't make any difference if you're in a good mood or a bad mood. They're allowed to do whatever they're allowed to do all the time. Another thing is the first, the first, and the only place you spank a child is on the bottom. And the first blow on the bottom is to get their attention. The second one is the punishment. Anything beyond that is basically self-gratification instead of actually, actually trying to correct the child. There are situations that a young child can get into where they could die if they don't respond to a verbal command immediately. And so I feel that it is imperative to teach a child to respond immediately when you tell them to do something, but after the uh, situation is over, they have a right to ask you, and you have an obligation to the child if it takes all day to explain to the child why that you felt that it was necessary for them to do this. Given orders should never be just because I said so. Mm. It should all because there's a reason. I appreciate the and input. I, yes, sir? I uh, recall being at McDonald's with four kids, uh, age two, three, four, and five. Mm. And a, a lady and gentleman that were sitting there watching me with them leaned over and asked, excuse me, how do you get those kids to behave so well? And I told them uh, they behave because I expect them to behave. And uh, I, it's I, I train horses for a living now. I'm retired as, as an air traffic controller, but mm-hmm. there, there is a time and a place for negative reinforcement, especially when the children are small and don't necessarily have the verbal skills to picture the things that can go wrong. That that there, there is a certain verbal level that the child has to achieve before he can even imagine some of the things that can actually go wrong. Yeah, and that, usually by the child is five or six years old, you're done spanking. They're just by that time, if they don't if they don't just respond because you because you're disappointed in them, you've already screwed up your job because by then they start to get out into the world into peer pressure. And if they don't already have their own uh, uh, a good sense of what their values are going to be, they're already in trouble. Chuck, thanks for the thoughts tonight. I appreciate your input at 800-259-9231. We continue with Mark in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Mark in Canada? Going once. Oh, yeah, there, there we go. You're on the air. Go ahead. I am. Um, I think smacking is totally wrong, and it is an initiation of force on a child. Do you have kids? No, but that I think is relevant because I was a child, so I know exactly what it is to be one. Did you? Uh, were you spanked as a child? Yes, I was. Okay. How did? Uh, do you recall how you felt about that? Oh yeah, I hated it, and it was a total uh, initiation of force. To to what age were you spanked? Oh, maybe ten. You know, looking back on it. I I understand you're using the libertarian principle of initiation of force, and I want uh, people to understand what that is. That means that you, uh, you know, the the uh, for the to join the libertarian party, you take a little oath that says, "I will not." uh, I'm not in the libertarian. Whatever. It's Um, the non-aggression principle. The idea that you should not aggress against people. Sure, but people need to understand where it comes from and things like that. It doesn't come from the libertarian party. What's that? Hitting people is wrong. Yeah, I agree. Well, you yeah. wouldn't. No, that, that's not what the non-aggression like, principle says. Go ahead. Sorry. That's not what the non-aggression principle says. 
it doesn't say that hitting people is wrong. It says that hitting people who have not hit you is wrong. Right, and your children probably haven't hit you. So but they may have hit other, other children. So, I mean, that then then you're getting into the, the this gray area of do you administer justice for um, children having hit. But I've Maybe you should try you, forgiveness instead. tell you this. Um, every time I put a diaper on my 18-month-old son, Jack, it is an initiation of force. I pick that child up. He <laughs> writhes and screams um, no, in isn't. some cases. It's not really at all. He, you're protecting him from a poopy diaper. Yeah, but um, that then then a, a a parent who is administering a spanking is only going. I mean, using your logic is only going to say that I'm preventing them from touching their hand on a hot stove or uh, hitting their sister. You or do whatever. have a good point, Mark. That you're saying that it's it's not, it has nothing to point. do with the non-aggression principle. That's or the non-aggression principle cannot be uh, abided by by a parent. One of those two. Okay, well, you tackling a blind man from crossing a street and getting hit by a car is that an initiation of force? Sure, Mark? it is. No, it isn't. You're protecting that person from the consequences. No, that's an initiation. That is an initiation of force because you weren't asked to do that. And so, if you initiate force against the blind man to protect him from something that he otherwise might not want to happen, uh, you are at risk from, I think, you know, being sued. Maybe he wanted to walk in front of that bus. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You assuming Thanks. the guy's going to kill himself? Yeah, that's it, really it, good. It's a possibility. What Thanks if I break his ribs when I do it? Thanks for the call. More coming up. You dial in toll free and take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. The second annual Connecticut Liberty Forum is coming October 17th. Join Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, We the People Foundation founder Bob Schultz, author James Perloff, the Campaign for Liberty's Jim Azola, and more discussing ways to protect our freedom. The Connecticut Liberty Forum, October 17th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Sheraton Hotel in Windsor Locks. Visit NHELD.com for more information or call 860-354-3590. That's 860-354-3590. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Features including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours right there on the front page of the website. Free for you at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live has teamed up with Midas Resources. Uh, They are the owner of our syndicate. And to bring you, well... Great prices on gold and silver coins. Uh, Right now, lots of people are snatching up gold and silver to be a hedge against inflation. The Federal Reserve has printed an untold amount of money. When you look at the graph, it just spikes right at the end. The the Federal Reserve in the last year has has printed an incredible amount of money. And... Well, what that results in other nations is hyperinflation, and they say it takes about nine months to uh, to really hit, and maybe that's what's happening now. So you can get uh, Lakota Nation Silver Round one ounce pieces for twenty two dollars and thirty cents. This is probably the uh, the the most beautiful coin uh, that you can get in silver right now, and uh, also British Sovereign coins, which are a quarter ounce for two hundred and eighty eight dollars. You can go to gold.freetalklive.com to order right now. That's gold.freetalklive.com. All right, we're continuing with your phone calls about what you want. Francesca is on the line in South Carolina listening to WSCFM. Francesca, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, you are on the air, Francesca. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Okay. There's... um there are two issues that haven't been um, covered yet, and I thought I'd toss them into the mix. Please. Um, one issue is um, that whatever parents are going to decide to do 
um, as regards disciplining their children, they really either need to both do it or nobody do it. Because I can tell you as a, a grown person now, when I was a child, my mother would always defer to wait till your father gets home, hmm. which she really meant. I mean, it wasn't just a whole something she said, uh, and it didn't have consequence. She would say, wait until your father gets home to us. And um, then any and all rapport that we might have had with our father was always um, damaged by the fact that um, there would be this spanking, either looming overhead or having just um, been administered or whatever. And uh, always there was... Um, uh, bad feelings um, on, on uh, I can speak for myself and for my brother as well. But anyway, so, so that's number one thing. Uh, why parents opt to make one parent the heavy yeah. and the other one the pushover is mm-hmm. beyond me. But um, when, when it's done, the one that says they're going to be the pushover doesn't really get out free because... Um, the impression that a child even has is that, well, mommy is virtually powerless. I mean, she she basically um, defers to him, and Mm -hmm. it's his agenda and so forth. So that was point number one. Both of you do it or nobody do it or whatever. That makes sense um, to me. You you want your punishments, whatever they are, to be consistently uh, meted out. That makes sense. Yes, yes, and even though they may have agreed uh, they they may be in agreement that uh, this is the punishment. It it it's always seems when only one is doing it and the other one is threatening it that somebody isn't on board for that. And um, point number and two. It's very very and it's very very damaging um, to the rapport. For instance, my father traveled a lot, and so. Um, when we ran to greet him at the car when he came home after his trips, you know, it, instead of just being purely a run to hug him and tell him how glad we are that he's home, it also became a run to see who could get there to tell their side of the story first. Mm. <laughs> so it was really quite pathetic. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was that... Um, I don't think that a threat of a spanking really means much, and I would offer in evidence my um, the fact that there were two things that I wasn't able to tolerate um, eating as a child. One was um, scrambled eggs for some reason. Mm-hmm. My palate you know, wasn't adjusted to it or whatever, and fish was the other. I, I subsequently have come to eat these things. But sure. I was always told that um, if, well, we all were told, not just me, um, if there was something that we weren't going to eat, that, um, you know, there would be a spanking afterwards. And so mm. it got to the place where I was either faced with a choice of um, retching when oh, trying God. to eat this. I mean, really having it come right up. That's horrifying. Or, yeah. Or that- sitting in my spanking chair waiting for a spanking. And so uh, since I oh. hated vomiting Pick your poison. more than I... Huh? Yeah, it's it's like pick your poison. Which one do you yeah. hate the least? 
That's yeah, awful. It, it sounds yeah. to me like your parents were were pretty quick to jump to spanking. I mean, if you're if you're using spanking to enforce that your kids finish the asparagus, uh, that's I think really inappropriate. Well, I think that um, things. This is a, a generational thing to some extent, and uh, a um, also an economic thing. And it may not occur very much in the United States of America, but try to imagine here, Ian, if you're you know a dirt farmer in say you know you, you pick your third world country, and you don't, and the kid doesn't get to pick what it is that they're going to eat. Now, in America, mm-hmm. I get to eat whatever I want to eat whenever I want to eat it. Yeah. I live a good life. But, but you should be able to not eat what you don't want to I, eat. I, I concur well. with that. We're talking about America, Mark. If you're starving in uh, in Africa, you're going to eat the darned asparagus. You might. You might. But, you know, kids kids are picky. And the parents want the kids to grow up. They want to do the right things for them. I, I, I'm not saying I support this, but I see that this being a sort of economic and generational, uh, you know, sort of issue. Could your but parents the thing afford that I would the f- say is it, the, the, the thing that I would say is that um, it's it's something that you you really like the fellow said pick your poison I mean I to this day I can endure almost anything but vomiting mm. and I would do anything to uh, not vomit and so um, I naturally chose the lesser of those two evils but um, it was unpleasant and it disturbed the rapport that I had, and of course, after that, whoever, you know, didn't eat, well, they, after the spanking, which is, was in front of everyone, um, pants down style over the knee, and then they'd have to go up to their room for the rest of the night, and, you know, it, it also uh, made a mess of that uh, don't let the sun set on your anger situation that is spoken of in scripture. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't know, I think um, being that humans and even certain animals and stuff, um, are amenable to being dealt with equitably. Even an animal knows when he's being dealt with equitably. I guess I probably would go that route. You'd go which which route? I would go the route of dealing equitably with someone as opposed to uh, spanking them um, for real or imagined peccadilloes or for not eating something uh, or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I find the the idea of I mean, some of the people that have called, and thank you, Francesca, for the call tonight. Yeah. I appreciate hearing from you. Some of the people that have called tonight advocating spanking, I think, have been relatively cal- cool and calm about their position mm-hmm. on it, uh, that it shouldn't be done out of anger, that it should be a, a promised consequence instead of something that's just chosen in the moment of uh, the heat of passion by a parent. That, that all makes sense to me. But Mark, I mean, you're you're really stretching when you're saying that. Well, it's an economic thing. Uh, you know, they paid for the asparagus, so therefore should, they should be able to beat their kids if they don't eat it. Well, I, I'm I mean, just trying to lame. imagine what it's like for. I don't know what what the, the economic situation was in her mm-hmm. family, but I'm thinking back to a friend of mine who grew up in a house with dirt floors. If he would have pushed his plate away and said, "No, I don't want it." And then, you know, like there's going to be some consequence there. Yeah, it's like you go hungry. That should be the consequence. Uh, or you don't get dessert, but you're saying they wouldn't have been able to afford something like dessert. More coming up. You bring up anything for uh, Free Talk Live. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free 
Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. A lot of people with a lot to say on the spanking issue. Of course, you can take the topic in any direction you would like. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free. They include the, uh, the, the chat room. It's actually open 24 hours a day, but the best time to find people there, of course, is during the live show. Uh, go to chat.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself uh, and uh, get involved there. Chat.freetalklive.com. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has five days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Go to frontsite.com for your uh, training and free gun. That's frontsite.com. All right, we continue with your phone calls and go to Roger listening to WFLA-FM in Tallahassee. You're on Free Talk Live. Roger. Roger, going Roger's once. Roger's dropped. Roger's gone. Let's try instead Eric listening to WSCFM in South Carolina. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, sir. Hey, what's on your yes, mind sir? tonight? Um, yeah, um, I was spanked mercilessly as a child, even with a bullwhip. Oh, God. My mother got at Cherokee Mountains, and, uh, I mean, everything you can imagine. You had to go and pick your own switch, oh. your own, you know, off the off the weeping willow tree, which is a trick in itself because you don't want it to be too wimpy, you know, that she rejects it and goes and picks her own, but you don't want it to be too stout that it stings like hell. Right. Wow. So, um Anyhow, that was, and it never helped. I, I got beat constantly. I even had to sue my principal because my mother had signed a thing saying to let the, the school beat me. And we sued the principal and the teacher, not for money, but just so they couldn't do it anymore. So the, now the teacher was, has never been able, been able to witness another spanking. And the principal since then, who's retired, and, and I'm not going to say his name, but he was never able to spank again after that. And, um, I now, wait a minute. I'm confused uh, about that. If your parents were uh, were relentlessly spanking you, who was it that helped you with well, the just lawsuit? My mom. <laughs> just my mother. My dad used his fist, and he didn't use them very often. But um, So, wait, wait, wait. Point of information. Yeah. It was your mother that was spanking? After, no, no, no. The, both. Okay. After that, though, the principal, um, I never got spanked at school anymore, and my mother cut back quite a bit, too. What do you but think made I her decide my ass to on a regular basis? Trust me. And and you them. feel like you're and it never helped. Right. So you feel like the regular beatings didn't help you um, help beat never you in the line. Anything. Actually, it was quite negative reaction on my part because it made me hate my my parents. Mm-hmm. I bet it did. Because you know, so, I was being whooped constantly, and I still have. I mean, I mean, I wasn't you know like physically, sexually, or whatever abused, but I was physically abused mm-hmm. and, and mentally as well. And so I have a uh, you know some animosity about that still to this day probably needs to see psychiatrists but you know that doesn't you know are are your parents still alive are they they still around yeah my mom is my dad's passed but um anyhow i do have a son i have a little boy Mm -hmm. and we do time out you know you know he he knows when he's done wrong and besides which you shouldn't whip a child a small child like that because it reinforces a negative behavior that that hitting is acceptable. I agree so completely. Other children. Yep, I, it it, you know, it so teaches really your child. Timeout works. Now, okay, so timeout works. Give me an example of how it is. Give me a real life example of your son acting out in a very naughty fashion to where you were able to use timeout to uh, to have success. Because some people will say, uh, Eric, they'll say that well, sometimes kids are just so bad you have to spank them. 
No, I've never, I've never even not once. And trust me, my son is awful. He climbs everything, climbs up places he's not supposed to get to. Does I mean he's a he's a pure boy, and he shows it. And if I tell him not to, and he does it anyway or whatever, I'll put him in timeout, and it works every single time. It works. It never fails. It, and I don't leave him there forever. I just let him know you did something wrong. Sit here. Put him off to the, put him in a chair. I don't like make him sit in the corner. How old is but, he? Um, I put him in a chair. You sit here. He's two. He just turned two. You sit here and think about what you did. He'll start crying. He'll have remorse. And I let it sink in. And then I go and I, I hug him. I let him know, hey, you know what? I love you. And you're my son. And I'm always going to be here for you. But and, and, and it's over with. He stops the bad behavior. Or if he's hitting his mother with something, like a, or throwing, one time he threw a block, a wooden block. <laughs> A wooden block in the library and caught some girl upside the head. Oh gosh! Well, that's a timeout. You know, don't throw things. Now, like how that. do you keep well, him in timeout? Not... Has he ever tried to get out of timeout? No, I put him there. He sits right there. He's very good about it. He knows he's in timeout. He knows that's a time of that's his punishment time. He doesn't move. He just sits there. He cries until so he'll stop crying, and then he'll just sit there pouting until I until I relieve him. You know, it just it's very easy. So what would you do? I mean, just just out of curiosity. I don't know when it's going to stop. I'm going to tell you this. I can't see me putting a 14-year-old boy in a timeout. I don't know when a certain time. There must be a time where, you know, hey, you know what? You're going to have to... Well, by that time, the, by that time at fourteen, he's got privileges and things like that that you can that you can remove. Shit, I was oh, we've got to let you go on that. Thank you for the shit. call. I appreciate hearing from you. I've got to let you go, unfortunately, <laughs> when people say those things. But I understand, uh, you know, that I understand the perspective. It's colloquial. Uh, yep, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We continue and go to, I believe, Kevin is on the line listening to WCHV in Virginia. Kevin, you're on Kevin free talk. talk. Kevin is gone. Let's go instead to Dustin in Washington State. You're on free talk live, Dustin. Oh, hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I just was calling back about the the wireless networks and such. Um, wireless networks. I still don't networks. have a way to get Mark up on on the network, but I was thinking most people either have a car or a cell phone, and I think cell phones could become mesh network routers, or or you could put one in your car, and there's there's definitely a lot of traffic going between cities. What you're, what you're talking about is something you called in earlier this week, uh, talking about wireless mesh networks, which as you described it, uh, as I recall, uh, was described as being sort of an alternative uh, networking that doesn't necessarily rely on internet service providers and and uh, my mm-hmm. objection one of my objections was well how do you deal with uh, with people that are uh, they, you know that, that how do you deal with get connecting the cities together you're saying that people with cell phones uh, driving from place to place would essentially be able to solve that problem but of course that would you know that would presume that you'd have certain software on the cell phone to facilitate uh, something like that yeah definitely and like a lot of people they like like Mark was saying he doesn't know how to put put firmware in a router, you know. He just knows how to plug it in. and That's another problem, up, too. Yeah, how are I you going to get people I think there's, to... a, there's a reason to capitalize on this, too, and people could sell cell phones that already have the open source software on them, you know. It's a big, you know, you're, you're a big thinker, and I appreciate that. I just, you know, it's it's the getting from here to there question that is the trickiest part about it. I can see the value in having a, a Wi-Fi network that stretches across a city, stretches across the country, that uh, is separate but yet still connected to the the official internet that we're all used to. I almost feel like it's a topic for a uh, internet message board for people that are into it, though. You know, 
Well, well you know, I mean, you, you guys run a radio show, and a lot of your listeners listen online. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge incentive if you have free telephone service using the Internet voice over IP. You can have free TV, free radio, free anything, any form of telecommunications. Sure, it'll be, be free, free as soon as you spend whatever kind of money it takes to get everybody converted over to this new system. And, uh, I th- I th- again, I think it's interesting, and you can call in and talk about anything. As I'm long still as can... irate that my VHS player doesn't work anymore. As long as I can wrap my mind around it, uh, you know, we'll do our best to explain it to the to the listeners that may have never heard of such a thing. And, uh, you know, I wish you good luck out there, and thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. In fact, I was talking with somebody about this today about this this Wi-Fi network idea that he was proposing here in uh, you know here in town where I live and we we're talking about it and the other guy was saying that he thought it was a good idea and I said well we could try it but I don't think my router is going to reach to yours <laughs> you know you live across town and I live over here so we'd have to find people that live in between mm-hmm. in order to make the you know to make it work or routers buy, don't go very far or no it's their 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 wattage is very limited by the FCC so you really just I mean, the router that I have probably doesn't get it beyond a couple houses away, right? Yeah, which so, means that you be- more or less have to get universal compliance. You'd have to get some pretty darn serious compliance yeah. in order to make this uh, a possibility, and that's the biggest obstacle to this plan. 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Plus, there has to be a reason to do it. I mean, the, the whole idea of free TV and all that, that's way, way, way down the line. If this was implemented right now, it would just be to share some files and... I don't really have that many files I need to share with anybody else that I can't do online. It's Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, the Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free and bring up whatever you want. That's 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. And if you enjoy the program, you can help us out by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. We'll take uh, three bucks a month for, uh, for the AMP program. And that'll give you access to special perks, a few uh, bonuses that most people don't have access to. But we really do give you the website up front for free, so please enjoy that. If you decide you want to support the show, go to amp.freetalklive.com, become an amplifier. You get the perks. We take the money in and reinvest it into Free Talk Live. Get on more radio stations around the country. Bring more Internet listeners on board and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-freedom activism than you ever imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire, as we did three years ago as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. I think it's the most exciting movement out there for uh, the prospect of achieving liberty in our lifetime. Go to freestateproject.org, learn more, and get involved. Let's go to your phone calls. You can take control of the airwaves. Go to Stephen in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Stephen. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight, Stephen? Well, um, for one thing, I, uh, another way to promote the show is to call up station managers and tell them that you like the Saturday edition, for example, and would like to have the Monday through Friday edition, which I did do that. Actually, I called WFLA, although I'm not listening on their... Tonight, I did call them uh, and ask them if they could carry the Monday through 
Friday show as well as the Saturday. Excellent. It's always uh, worth doing. Uh, but, you know, make sure that you're always upfront when, and honest with them. If you are able to, you know, don't call them if you can't tune them in. Um, but if you if you can listen to them and you do listen to them, give them a call and, and tell them thanks for, for taking Free Talk Live on Saturday nights. And then, like you say, ask them for the, the weekday show. So thanks for doing yep, that. And right. anybody else can do that out there as well. And if you don't get any Free Talk Live in your local talk station, then you can call and ask for anything. I mean, even if it's just the Saturday show for a couple hours, we'll take it. Yep. Um, the other thing is I wanted to talk about the idea of the social contract and and uh, to sort of prepare for it, I tried to engage a few people that I know who believe in the social contract so that I could sort of get warmed up on, you know, what, what, they, actually, uh, what they actually believe, these folks who believe that. It's a bunch and, of silly nonsense. Can you explain for our listeners that may never have heard the term what uh, is intended by it? The social contract theory, my, from what I understand, and I could be wrong because, as I said, I couldn't find anybody who could really explain what they believe <laughs> – regarding the social contract, but the way it supposedly works is that um, I I give up some of my freedom, and specifically I was talking about economic freedom. Uh, in other words, I give up some of my money to this government, and then in return this government provides me with an environment uh, within a specific geographic location that will enable me to, to make money to, to live securely, to have property rights and so forth. The uh, and and the problem is oh well. And then they also say that you consent just by the fact that you live there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I live here, and by the virtue of the fact that I live here and haven't moved away to escape this government means that I've consented to this government. But as Roderick Long points out, uh, who is one of the uh, Mises Institute fellows, um, he points out that uh, well then. The next question is, well, where does this government get its power from? Well, it gets it from the consent of the governed. And isn't that a little bit circular? It, it, it's pre, it presumes the point that you're trying to make, that this government actually has some kind of authority over you. Uh, you, you see what I mean? Or you that have you pres- have actually consented to it. That you've consented to it, right. But I couldn't – I mean, I talked to three different people this week mm-hmm. who believe in this, in this uh, social contract uh, business – uh, and I couldn't get them to explain. My my explanation is better than anything they could come up with, the explanation that I just gave you. And, and none of them could prove it. One guy, the best he could do, he said, well, listen, you're born into it. Don't tell me, ha, 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 you can't really believe that there are implied contracts that, that you have agreed to, uh, you know, with fingers in the air with making the quotes. Uh, you know, for example, you walk into uh, somebody's business, you you essentially – there's an implied contract that you won't spit on the floor, for example, sure. or, or something like that. Yeah, you, says, there's certain there are certain etiquettes, certain behaviors that are appropriate. Uh, you, you've when you go into a store, it's appropriate to check out at the cash register, take the time to check out at the cash register rather than just leave a wad of cash at the customer service desk and walk out. Uh, you you know, there there are certain agreements that I, are. I think that leads back to the idea of ownership, though. Uh, somebody owns that restaurant, and it's not fair mm-hmm. for me to go into somebody else's place and sort of do whatever the heck I want. Um, so then that's the implication is, is that, in fact, the government owns the land of the United States in some kind of overlord fashion where they can tell you that, you know, you have to pay taxes on your land. You, um, you know, your, your labor belongs to them. They can say anything they want because they own the land in some kind of overreaching um, aspect. But my question is, how do they get it? 
How did they get ownership? Right. How did they get ownership? Did they purchase ownership? <laughs> they doggone stole it as far as I... Right. They took it from a guy... Ask the another, Indians. Well, uh, the Indians and the King of England. Um, yeah. You know, they, they shot up the English. If, if their ownership is legitimate today, then the King of England's ownership was le- legitimate then. And so, therefore, it was stolen from him in a criminal coup. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So the people that support the United States government that fly their flags and put their hands over their hearts are a bunch of mal, um, uh, you know, miscreants, which I don't believe. I'm just saying that if you believe that the United States government has validity over an, a sovereign individual, which is what the idea, it was kind of the idea of this country, was that you ran your life and you owned your property. You were the sovereign. You but, were the king on your plantation, you know, if you will. Th- But it, the government has grown. As the Fabians, uh, the, the Fabian socialists in, in Great Britain in the early uh, 20th century claimed that all governments are socialist. Um, and right. so, <laughs> apparently, they were right. Um, yeah, right. So, so, and, and then the other idea is, is that uh, the, the, the government was, the land itself, which is America, was kind of taken from other people. Although you might say it was purchased in some cases. And uh, obviously the dealings with Indians is a much more difficult topic. You know, Stephen, I have to I have to say that uh, it doesn't surprise me that you were unable to get someone who three people you talked to about the social contract to really explain themselves appropriately, because it's always seemed in in our conversations when whenever somebody brings up the social contract, it's always kind of brought up as an excuse for for tyranny. Uh, it's sure. you know we'll we'll talk about how it is that some law or regulation is absolutely awful and that you know it's it's wrong or it should be disobeyed and then someone will come in and they'll say well there's a social contract you know as mm-hmm. though that's the end of the argument like oh well yeah. you guys are wrong free talk live because there's a social contract don't you remember signing it oh well you didn't sign it well that must mean you were born here because we did actually talk to somebody recently who was being sworn in as a citizen and they actually have to swear some sort of an oath to the constitution and it's very very different uh in that particular case but most people born in the you know within the, the this plot of land we know as the United States have never signed a social contract they've never been presented with any terms and the whole concept behind a contract is that there are terms and they're presented in advance and the parties that are going to be subject to those terms will have the ability to uh, you know ascertain whether they want to agree to them or not but that never right. happens with the social contract so it's really just a, a way for them to write off whatever it is your your intelligent uh, points are by just blowing you off and saying well there's a social contract right well if i start mowing my neighbor's lawn uh without announcing it in advance, and then at the end of the week, I, I send him a bill that I intend to enforce uh, with threats of violence. And he says, listen, I never, you know, asked you to mow my lawn, and I'm, I'm not going to pay you a dime. I can say, well, listen, you either allow me to mow, mow the lawn or not. I mean, I cannot mow it, too, but you're going to pay no matter what, or you can move. These are your choices. You can either pay <laughs> or you can move. You don't I like have it, leave. Thus, I have thus fulfilled all of the requirements of the social contract, and yet that would be considered immoral. But for some reason, if, if, a, if it's the government doing it, suddenly then all of a sudden it becomes moral. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I've tried to pin people down on when taxation ceases to be set. For example, if, if three of us go and, and steal somebody's television set and we take a vote on it and we three agree to steal it and that person says no, well, then that's time. Anybody would say that's theft. Uh, but what if a hundred of us vote to to uh, vote for one thief to go to somebody's house? You know, I was trying to pin them down on at what mm-hmm. point does it cease being theft? At what point does theft cease being theft? Well, they said it's, I, it's, it's, well, it's, uh, well fine, I mean, you know, they they knew where I was going, so they avoided it. 
And so finally what I said it was they were too chicken. That, that's not the word I used. Yeah. But they were, they were too uh, doggone chicken to steal from me. So what they're going to do is rather than steal from me themselves, they're going to uh, basically vote for somebody to, to steal from me. That's exactly it, what government it, is. It ended up being a rather acrimonious conversation, the one of them. Well, if you're if you're calling people thieves, chances are good the conversation isn't going to go well. I understand the feeling. I've certainly been there myself. But um, you know, like perhaps before you get to the point where you're calling somebody a thief, that you, you can say, isn't there a better way that we can handle providing X service than to go Got after yep. you know people in in this manner, which is essentially just legitimized theft. Stephen, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing right. from you. Hour number three is coming up. You dial in, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hello, Free Talk Live podcast subscribers. This is novelist Spencer Baum here to tell you about my new book, The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. It's a fantasy novel in the tradition of the boy wizards and vampires that have been so popular lately, but written from the perspective of a libertarian like you. My novel has all the monsters, magic, hair-raising adventures, and teen angst you've come to know and love. But unlike those other books, you'll find no glorification of life in the government schools in this story. My main character doesn't truly start learning until he ditches class and connects with some libertarian homeschoolers. And he can't go about saving the world until he sees that the conformist worldview of the modern American fails to see the truth. But don't take my word for it. Listen for yourself. For free. Open up iTunes and search for The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. I've released the first six chapters as a free podcast. Give it a listen. It's free. That's The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. I hope you enjoy. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the live Saturday edition of the program. You can dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. And that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. One of the ways you can help out the show, by the way, is to vote for us. Uh, we do it a once-a-month voting contest with over at podcastalley.com. And month after month, we are consistently number one, thanks to listeners like you going and voting. But it doesn't happen on its own. Right. It's sometimes a pretty heated competition. And this month, the second place show is in close, very close proximity to us. So we need you, whether you are a radio listener or an Internet listener, to next time you're in front of or if you are in front of your computer screen and you're online, go to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll take you just a few moments, and all you need is your email address. It's used to verify you're a real-life human being. So go to vote.freetalklive.com as we go to your phone calls, and you can take control of the airwaves. It's John in Texas to start things out this hour. John, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. How are you doing this Super, evening? John. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I was all fired up about the spanking thing, but then all of a sudden it didn't involve Mistress Olga in the rubber suit. So, Oh, my. I think you're going to have to pay for that one. <laughs> yeah, I know, but anyway, no, seriously, um, talking about uh, what's been going on in Hardin, Montana. Yeah, we mentioned that last night on the program. Uh, what has been going on? Can you explain it for our listeners? Well, the best is, that I've been able to understand of it is that you had a private military or private military security force, APF, American Police Force, uh, roll into town in their SUVs with hardened police department on it. Mm -hmm. 
and that uh, they have been in negotiations and dealings with the uh, government officials in that city and county, apparently. It's not much of a city. It's, uh, I think, a town of 3,400 people, so not very large. A town of 3,400, and uh, that... um, They're looking to take over operation of an essentially empty prison, the, right. the town, got- as I recall uh, from the story at LouRockwell.com, Will Grigg yesterday had the story, that essentially the town spent millions of dollars, $27 million or something like that, building yeah. this monstrous prison, monstrous for a town of 3,400 people. They were expecting to get federal prisoners and things like that from, you know, state prisoners from other places. Make money on it. Right. They, uh, they you know, yeah, it was an investment, right? And of course, whenever government invests in something, it's using your money, and you don't get to decide whether or not you wanted to be involved in the uh, in the venture. Plus, you won't make any of the profits if they actually do right. end up uh, making money. Well, the allure it. is that your property taxes will somehow be uh, <laughs> right, knocked down a little bit. But in fact, they always seem to find new things to spend, spend the money, money on. on. Sure, sure. So what happened was they, they spent the money, they built this prison, and apparently when it comes to the government, if you build it, they sometimes don't always come. So the prison didn't get filled at all. It essentially sat empty, and so they put it up for bid. And this company that you mentioned, the APF, American Police Force, comes in, and they place a bid for, I think, $2 million, plus they were going to give several million uh, to the city to build a bunch of city stuff. Here's what I was going to point out, and it's and it's like a circus at this point. You have people saying, I've heard everything from the colors of their logo being UN blue and orange and Masonic this and <laughs> when it was like the Serbian flag. And um, apparently the head of this APF organization or the person, the front man for it, is a convicted fraud guy um, out of California and sort of a scam artist. And I guess, you know, all this is going on, okay? And and the one thing that I've noticed that, that I find very, very interesting is there apparently is no law enforcement on the ground there, legitimate law enforcement. You would have thought the FBI would have been in there because you would probably have interstate uh, something. The FBI always finds a way to muscle its way in. Um, well, why would the got, FBI have anything to do with the prison in, in Montana? Why don't they have a sheriff? I mean, they have a county, right? Well, well here, here's the thing, guys. What I was going to say is if you have a, a guy holding himself out, coming in, and you have state and federal violations, I, I think, if you start looking around on this thing. Because, like, if money is transferring from, let's say, California to Montana to pay for this and some kind of scam deal, okay? Well, now, there's a lot of speculation going on here. And you mentioned a couple of the things that sort of are more of the conspiratorial um, oh, yeah, realm. The people but- are going Yes, they are going nuts, and of course that's what they do. They take a few, they, you know, they take a few facts, and then they start uh, spinning stories around them that would suit their particular viewpoint. It's the so aliens. What we need to do is talk about what we know. Go, go, 
everybody. Well, what, what we need to do is talk about what we know and what that means. Uh, so if what you're saying is you believe there are some violations based on how the money's being passed around, what I might say to that is there's speculation out there about the company that owns this APF. We know the American Police Force is the organization that's on the ground in Hardin, Montana, doing the uh, the you know the dirty work here. They're the ones that are leasing the the facility. They're the ones driving around in the the SUVs or the Mercedes or whatever it is they're driving around in with their logo on it. But one of the things that they won't do is announce who their parent company is, which is pretty conciliatory and kind of scary. There's no intent on these people's part to be in any way transparent to people that are curious about what's going on, and, and that's disturbing. So there's speculation as to whether or not it's Blackwater or some other, uh, you know, well-tied-in federal, tied-in-with-the-feds kind of situation. So if there are violations going on, it could just be a matter of they're so well-tied-in, whoever the parent company is, that they're just they're, they're looking the other way, that the, the feds I mean, are... Yeah. And like you say, where's the sheriff? I mean, you have something going on here. you got people holding themselves out illegally as peace officers, right? Well, I don't know. Is it legal or illegal? Because there's nothing I don't think that would be illegal, uh, John, about having a, a town essentially hire out the policing services. But normally, like, okay, I'll use Texas as an example, okay? And, and here's a real poignant example of that. When the city of Austin hired a new police chief, he came in from out of state, correct? And he had to go through the Texas certification, what they call T-close mm-hmm. certification, in order to be able to be a properly certified law enforcement officer, carry a badge and a firearm in the state of Texas. They may not have that in Montana. And there are some places where you can become elected to sheriff and you don't have to ever have been a police officer or have any training. Um, you'll probably find that if if we were to look, and, and, and I'm only going by what seems to be the norm across the country, is that there is a certification process, even if you become an elected sheriff, that you have to be able to be a peace officer. I, I don't know about that. I, maybe there is, maybe What if you isn't. get elected as a sheriff and say, you know, I'm not going to take the test? Well then, you can't you can't arrest anyone. You're I, just I don't as the sheriff. I honestly don't need to be able to arrest the sheriff's anybody. Job. The sheriff is usually I an got deputies for that. Right. The sheriff's in administrative position and is spokes, spokesman kind of position. They're not really out hitting the streets. Now, when I say sheriff, I mean the sheriff. I don't mean sheriff's deputies. Right. I mean the top dog in the agency. No, I I, I understood what right. you were saying. So that's so that's you know th- we'll we're going to definitely keep an eye on this hardened situation because it is disturbing uh the and it's not disturbing from the perspective necessarily that it's a private company doing enforcement although that is somewhat disturbing because they may not have the same sorts of rules that they have to adhere to not saying the government people adhere to any rules either they are obviously yes sir What's disturbing to me is how the town seemed to fall in line and get bought off. Money. Well, yeah, they feel right. Look, these politicians will do anything for money. I mean, they are just so – politicians don't have principles. That's why they're politicians. These are people that – there's a local show here in, in Keene, New Hampshire, and that I listen to on Saturday morning sometimes, That where it doesn't matter who calls in, they'll agree with the person. They're just looking to make people happy, and they're looking in some cases to line their pockets – 
And in this case, this big company came in with their millions of dollars and said, hey, we'll buy your screwed up prison and we'll give you all this extra money, too. And so the politicians hopped right to it. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. 800-259-9231. It is an interesting situation, a potentially scary situation as well with a essentially private police takeover of uh, Arden, Montana. Free Talk Live. More coming up. Gunday, Gunday, Gunday. Three days to exercise your Second Amendment rights for only $10 per person, October 9th, 10th, and 11th at Knob Creek Gun Range. The world's largest machine gun shooting military gun show is fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and over 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m. Call 502-922-4457 or visit KnobCreekRange.com. That's KnobCreekRange.com. Live. It is the Saturday edition of the program. We invite you to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call and... They've got the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com, right there at the top of the banner column. That's SACL, C-A-I, as we continue here. By the way, freetalklive.com, all the features there you'll find for free, including our Facebook page at facebook.freetalklive.com. That is uh, one of the ways you can get involved with us online, and you can become a fan over there, facebook.freetalklive.com. So, Mark, let's talk about snitching. I've got a story about snitching, but you have one as well. Yours is about turning in your boss. Well, not necessarily your boss, but no? the, the company. Oh, okay. So this is from the AP. Dangles some cash, and a lot of people are happy to turn in their employers for cheating on their taxes. Since Congress beefed mm. up a whistleblower reward, the whistleblower rewards in late 2006, tips about suspected check tax cheats owing at least $2 million have jumped more than tenfold. The Inter- um, Internal Revenue Service said in a report Thursday, in 2008, the agency received tips on 1,246 suspected tax dodgers, each owing more than $2 million. That's up from 116 big money tips in 2007. So when they say tenfold, they mean tenfold. Jeez. It's more than tenfold. Close to 11. So what are they offering? Big money, they claim. Mm-hmm. IRS officials, however, um, bucks. don't know yet whether many of the tips will pan out. The report says the IRS is still in the middle of lengthy process of conducting audits and processing appeals. One key lawmaker praised the program but prodded the IRS to move faster on the cases. How do you decide if somebody is, I mean, it could take, if somebody's guilty, then it's going to take years to be able to figure it out whether they're guilty or not. So turning do you, When do you get paid? Do you get paid I, after they I pay I suspect up? afterwards, yeah. The tax code improvements are still new, and I hope more whistleblowers will come forward as word gets out, said Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, senior Republican on the tax writing uh, Senate Finance Committee. Hey, everybody in Iowa, stop voting for this guy. The 2006 low targets, high income tax dodgers guaranteeing rewards for qualified whistleblowers if the company in question owes at least $2 million in unpaid taxes, interest and penalties. Tips about individuals also qualify if the taxpayer has an income of at least $200,000. So so I guess really this would be like accounts receivable people or whatever, or accounting people that would be turning in the companies, because how would the average employee know 
that the company owes money to the IRS. How right? wouldn't they? How w- well, why, why not just turn your company in? Just just to see? I mean, even if you don't think it's there's... proof. Did they claim they needed proof? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. You could just roll the dice, and, and if, you're, if you're wrong, you don't get any money. Yeah. But if you're right... If you don't, don't like your company, you know, just give them some trouble. I, I, I mean, imagine for a second that you have an IRS audit barreling down on you, and you're mm-hmm. in business, so you've got, you know, you've got to uh, comply with it. Oh, my God. It, it, it's awful. It is awful. It I've had awful. people, um, I've had friends of mine that have had these audits, and it's, it's incredibly arduous. So essentially, they're kind of capitalizing here off of the mentality that is propagated amongst Americans that business owners are, are evil, uh, that business is, business is bad, and so stick it to them. Stick it to the man who's in business because they're screwing you, little employee, and so go ahead and give it to them. We'll give you $1,000 for doing and it's, so. It's, uh, propagating, and and it's, it's, it's propped up by the idea that the government is somehow legitimate of the people, by the people, for the people, that nonsense. That, they, uh, that they you always... somehow owe them money in the first right. place. The 14th Amendment, the United States Constitution, and this is one of the ones that uh, went into effect shortly after the Civil War, says that a person cannot be uh, put into involuntary servitude. What is it when my wife spends 40 hours a year, um, you know, that's a full work week, filling out tax returns in order to uh, for us to, to, to put our taxes in? What is it here when the IRS comes in and, uh, for an audit and says, give me 2008's returns or 2007's returns or whatever we needed to see all your receipts? What forced is labor. that? That's forced labor. That's involuntary servitude. They're not br- cutting me a check. They're not asking me if I want to do it, even if they were cutting me a check. It no, was, they, they, I, they'll just decide to not put you in jail. It's just crazy. As right. far as I can tell, the IRS, I have no obligation from a moral and um, constitutional, and the Constitution is the highest law in the land. Ah, I have no obligation to uh, do anything for these people. Don't forget the social contract, as Stephen called but it about earlier. the social contract is, I mean, the Constitution is supposed to have defined the social contract. Is that true? The Constitution, that. uh, that's the There's idea. No the Constitution the says that, uh, that that involuntary servitude is not acceptable and... Yeah, but that's, that's clearly what it no, says. It doesn't. The, the, the person who would argue for the social contract, and maybe somebody will call in tonight who can take the side of the social contract. I'll do my best here. Uh, but the person who would argue for the social contract would say, well, the Constitution, eh, it's open to interpretation. So that's your interpretation, and what matters is the interpretation. So because of I'm the here on the, the ground ropes. in the United States, I am voluntarily, uh, you know, submitting myself to the IRS. You, you submit yourself to whatever whatever arbitrary rule they decide to uh, to put over you. I mean, that's essentially what the social contract says, right? Because anything that the government does to you, you're subject to it. You are their and subject. Okay. And it's A-OK that you have opposed, apparently agreed to whatever arbitrary rules and demands they place upon you. So if it's to work 40 hours to fill out their tax forms or if it's to jump through the audit hoops, then, you know, hey, that's the world you live in. That's what someone would say. Well, this is the world we live in. It is the world we live in. How, uh, that, that, that is quite true. There has In the world that we used to live in, that the p- humans used to live in, advocated and uh, you know, said that slavery was OK. So, you know, and I'm not talking just about black chattel slavery. Yeah, we currently have um, slavery right now. It's just that everyone is essentially a slave of everyone else here in the United States. And there's some slaves are more equal than others. Uh, You know, obviously the people that rule, uh, you know, they get things a little better than the rest of us. But, you know, that's that that's wrong, too. You're you're enslaved for your own good. Every man in the United States, every man, woman and child in the United States says that I'm wrong for not wanting to pay taxes. It's still my money, and I you made it. it. 
you know, that's really where this comes from, the idea of jealousy, right? They, they're essentially and, – and let's put aside the whole turning in the company thing because you could make the argument that, well, most companies are corporations and in order to be incorporated, somebody had to go to the government and ask permission for that because corporations are essentially little permission slips or file folders that the government hands out in order to protect people from consequences, limited liability and all that. So let's put that aside and let's just focus on turning in the boss, right? Because they did right. say you could turn in an, an individual here. And that's that's where that jealousy factor comes in. Oh, that guy is making so much money. He's making more money than me, and he's cheating on the, on his tax forms. Boy, I'm going to show him. I'm going to give him what's for. And instead of that position, why not come from the position like, wow, that's pretty great. Uh, maybe I should talk to my boss about how it is he's not paying the IRS for these things. Maybe we could work together and not pay the IRS for these things. I, I would. I think that's the way to, to approach it. I think that people that don't pay taxes are heroic. They're courageous, and they. Uh, the they founding be fathers, right? The founding fathers of this nation were were tax dodgers. I mean, these these people were tax protesters. The 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 idea of tax protest goes back thousands of years to the point that uh, you know that the the people were giving homage to kings and things like that. But this, the fact is, a person who's the, the, the tax protesting is simply a manner of redressing grievance to one's governor. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, but the government's up to its old tricks of turning man against man, turning person against person, human beings against one another, as though it's some sort of competition as far as paying taxes is concerned. We'll come back with more on this. It's Free Talk Live. The second annual Connecticut Liberty Forum is coming October 17th. Join Congresswoman Michelle Bachman, We the People Foundation founder Bob Schultz, author James Perloff, the Campaign for Liberty's Jim Azola, and more discussing ways to protect our freedom. The Connecticut Liberty Forum, October 17th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Sheraton Hotel in Windsor Locks. Visit NHELD.com for more information or call 860-354-3590. That's 860-354-3590. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's the Saturday edition of the show, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and they include the live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, dial-up version as well, and a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Oh, and our brand-new listen lines are available, too, uh, that allow you to listen via any telephone, anywhere, as long as you can dial long distance on it. So get all the details on all of that at listen.freetalklive.com. Been looking at that new hardcover, either by, say, Dan Brown, Terry Goodkind, or any of the other best, best-selling authors out there. But that 25 to $30 price tag kind of bugs you. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL and you can get a free, auto, uh, you know, fully unabridged audio book. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. It's all the big name authors. You can go there and check it out. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for the free book. All right. We are going to continue uh, taking your calls here. Mark, you had told us about a story that is encouraging. Apparently the IRS is encouraging Americans to snitch out on their boss, snitch out on the company, snitch the boss out on uh, taxes. With money. 
Yeah, and if you snitch and they catch the person for supposedly owing more than what was it, two million dollars or something like that? Well, no, no, they yeah, that was um, if they made more than two million dollars is what their their gross income was in that year. So, and if they have been somehow not paying the full amount of taxes that they supposedly owe to the IRS, then the person will get some kind of a, a payback. They'll get a, a spiff on snitching out their boss, and this seems to be something that is real short-sighted. If an employee were to do this to their boss, seems like a pretty short-sighted move. I mean, maybe you absolutely hate your job, and that would be one thing, but a lot of people, even if they hate their job, appreciate having a job, especially in a, an economy where, well, you know, unemployment's uh, relatively high in some places, from what I understand. So you are going to put your company at risk of possibly being maybe uh, put out of business? Because if the IRS comes in there and really wreaks havoc on this person's company, maybe they'll just shut the doors rather than continue to do business. Maybe that's a potential. Maybe they'll have to lower uh, everybody's pay in order to come up with the money that they need to pay off the IRS to get them off their backs. I'm thinking here there might be some consequences that will happen to the employee who thinks they're going to make out like a bandit, get their, get their $500 uh, blood money from the IRS, and then down the line end up losing their job because of it. doesn't seem like a too, uh, too brilliant of a move. But it is government doing what it does best, and, and that is turn people against one another. People who otherwise are in an, you know, they're in an organization that is in a grievous uh, situation. The people that are working for that company chose to. They weren't forced to, like we're all forced to pay t- uh, taxes. They chose to work for that company. They could choose to go somewhere else at any other time. And so it was an agreeable arrangement between them, and the IRS is now stepping in and saying, we're just going to try to mess this up as much as, much as possible. And here's what I don't understand about it is, um, you know, what do you need an employee to snitch on companies for or tax, uh, you know, people that uh, aren't paying enough or whatever? Because if you just target the well, if if the IRS really just wants to go around go around being a uh, a bunch of highwaymen, which is apparently to me what what they what they are, mm-hmm. why don't they just pick the wealthiest five uh, percent of Americans, go after them? You anybody the, the, the you know taxes are so complicated, everybody makes mistakes. Just go after them. I'm sure you'll get uh, plenty of money out of these people. Just Good. suck them dry, a bunch of leeches. Let's go to your phones, uh, phone calls, rather. Curtis is on the line listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Curtis, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, uh, you're looking for someone to stand up for the social contract. Yeah. Hey, Curtis. All right, well, um, uh, first I want to redefine it slightly uh, uh, as opposed to how it was presented earlier. Okay. Um, as far as I understand it, on the most basic level, you are deferring certain of your rights and privileges in order to have those carried out by another entity that can accomplish it more efficiently. Can I get them back? Well, that's really the the question there, because when you enter into, and and the social contract isn't, it is a contract in the loosest sense of the word. It's the idea that this is something that is innate to any large society, that when a person is, you know, when we were hunter-gatherers way back in the day, and you had maybe 15 people, you know, in any one area that were going to come into constant contact with each other, then someone steals from you, you go bash their head in and take it back. You know, that, that was, you know, the, the way of the caveman kind of deal. Okay. Well, as society became more and more complex, more and more populated, that led to just utter chaos 
it was, you know, anybody, you know, meeting out punishment and judgment in whatever way they saw fit to whatever slight they may have incurred. So in order to progress as a civilized society, there had to be – you had to give up that right to seek justice on your own to some system which defined what justice was. You know, and whether that's economic or social or criminal, you know, it, it can't just be every man for himself you know, to no. utter anarchy. At this point, it's or, just every politician for themselves. Um, you know, the, my, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I've I've heard these these arguments uh, before. But you know, the it it the the idea that one calls it a social contract is will it really a way of dressing up um, that you know our leaders, whether you know, no matter how hard, how they get into place, tell us what to do. And not my leaders. Right, you can't. Well, they certainly act like they are, and if they feel like it, they'll come here with guns and kick your door sure. in and do whatever the heck they want. They will. I mean, they're a band of criminals. Um, if if I can't if I can't take my my rights back that I that I deferred to these people at some point that I don't really remember doing, um, then they're just criminals, right? Well, I, I would um. I would point out, and I wish I, I wish I had the book in front of me. Uh, it was either Locke or Rousseau, one of those two that, that really wrote heavily on this mm-hmm. and was also uh, heavily influenced the, the writing of the Constitution. And the idea is that these powers are held in trust, and that's sort of where, um, you know, in the Constitution, or actually it was in the, uh, the Declaration of Independence, you know, when that contract, when that trust is violated, the people have a duty to rise up and take those rights back. So, so how would you know that. if it was violated? That, I guess the only way you can know is by a general consensus among enough people saying this isn't right. Now, isn't that argumentum ad populum, that if enough people believe it, it must be true, in the same way that if enough, you know, at one point enough people believed that the world was flat? I mean, can't one man be right about, uh, you know, a certain injustice in the world? It would be possible. Now, see, uh, argument, you know, from from population or from general consensus mm-hmm. It's usually a, a logical fallacy, but in the case of a situation where only an individual person has the right to judge what, or has the ability to judge whether or not someone is infringing on them too much, then what you are instead having is you're seeing a widespread pattern of this instead of having just a lot of people believe it. Now, if there is a verifiable fact that can be checked against you know reality without getting into a metaphysical discussion um, – then, yeah, obviously that one person could be right because they know the truth. But when it comes to whether or not my rights are being infringed upon, yeah, I mean, that, that's a very subjective thing. So the only way to really judge is by looking to see if the majority of people feel subjectively that they're right. I'm not sure it's subjective, upon. though. I mean, it, like, if, if you come up with a, with a standard like, you, you know, you can do whatever you want as long as you don't hurt someone else physically, then... That seems like a very objective standard. And whereas you get into the problems is where the government gets into this uh, subjective stuff. Well, you know, anything that's made inside these uh, boundaries here, we get a piece of it. Uh, whatever you, we decide what you can put in your body, what you can't put in your body. Um, if you disagree too bad, it's you know, the social contract. These people on this side of this boundary can't come here without filling out these reams of paper and, you know, waiting seven years or, you know, like that's all these arbitrary things that the government comes up with. Well, apparently and they agree do it that. in the name of 
everyone, but in fact, they do what they want to do, and then everyone kind of says, oh, yeah, the government said it was good, and so it must be good. I'll let Curtis come back and respond here in a moment. Uh, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Because we can find plenty of people amongst our circle of friends that are completely in disagreement with what the government is doing. A a majority of my friends say that uh, the government's absolute crap. How are we supposed to ascertain what the majority of anybody else thinks? How do you figure that out? It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. If you've seen the Lakota Nation silver round from the free Lakota Bank, you know it's one of the most beautiful pieces available today. And a really fun way of giving the Federal Reserve the middle finger. Free Talk Live listeners can get them for the absurdly low rate of $22.30. That's right, $22.30. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. Live only moments remain here in this Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. We'll do our best to sneak you in here before we wrap things up for tonight. It's been uh, Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We have a lot of features. They're all free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, as we mentioned before, we could use your vote at vote.freetalklive.com. And I'd like to tell you about Choose for Health Superfruit Complex and how you can get a free week to try it out. It's a vitamin and a, an antioxidant all in one. It's chewable. You don't have to take any more of those big horse pills. And uh, it contains goji, mangosteen, acai, and nani fruit. I've been taking it for a couple of months now. I think it's great. Call, the, call this number to get a free week, 800-219-8874. All you have to do is pay a small charge for shipping and handling, 800-219-8874. Choose for Health Superfruit Complex. All right, we go back to Curtis listening to WSCFM in South Carolina. Curtis kind of uh, trying to explain his position on the the social contract. Mark, uh, you were making a point before we went away. What, what was it? Can you recap that? Well, essentially that, uh, that 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 governments claim to be of the people, but in fact it seems like the the majority of the time they do what they want and then the people just kind of go along. And that that's the deal, right? That's the social contract. They do whatever they want, and then they just use this social contract excuse on you, and you can say, well, I don't agree, I didn't sign the contract, and they'll just say, too bad. Curtis, your thoughts? Well, um, I would say that in the case, especially of what we have here, I mean, no government's going to be perfect. Uh, we can say that right off the bat, because no person's perfect, and people abuse the power they're given. I mean, I mean that just tends to happen. Um, the idea, I guess, is to limit that as much as possible, I'm but in our case, it uh, it pretty much goes back to, I think, uh, around the turn of the century, uh, well, the turn of last century, rather, there was a uh, a court case about the Commerce Clause of the Constitution. And that there alone is what gives the government 90% of its abuse of power. Yes. Um, it was decided that anything that, quote-unquote, affects interstate commerce is covered under that clause rather than direct participation. And uh, I I think that is really where the the focus needs to be rather than on the social contract itself. Because I I think the the social contract itself holds up firm. I think it's uh, a benefit to everybody involved 
it is the misinterpretation of a clause in the contract, rather, that is really the problem. I just disagree. Clause um, in a contract? That, it's never been seen. There is no social contract. It's only a fantasy in your mind. Right. The, it doesn't benefit me at all. I'm not interested in it. What you think about the Constitution is completely irrelevant. Because according to the Constitution, there are only the, uh, the people that are members of the Supreme Court. Today it's nine, but it has been as many as thir 13 members and as few as five. Um, the, the members of the Supreme Court's opinion is the only one that matters. So these people decide what the Constitution says, and you can rattle your chains all you'd like, slave. It doesn't matter. So, you know, I... I I, 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 I hesitate to fall back on, well, we could just make the Constitution, if we could just get them back to the Constitution. We're back at the Constitution. This is it. The cons This is the and, Constitution. And that's true. I mean, it's billed as a living document. So, so I mean, there there is some truth to that. But if you want to say that the social contract itself is fictitious, I mean, if you really want to go down to the basic level of what that means and say what, that doesn't exist, then, I mean, if I personally take offense at y'all show, which I don't actually. I love your show. But Thanks. if it's left up to me to decide what the consequences of that offense are, you know, it could be extreme violence if there's no social contract dictating that I'm answerable to something else. No, it, there's also something that can prevent the extreme violence, and that is defensive force. I mean, that's one of the reasons why up here in New Hampshire, where we're doing this show from, there's uh, very, very few gun regulations, and uh, next door in Vermont, there's even less, or even fewer, rather, yeah, sure. uh, gun, gun regulations, and these are two of the safest places in the country to live. It's, I'd like to point out my town doesn't even have a cop. People that are out there doing violence against other people are not thinking about the social contract. They're not concerned about things like that. They're concerned with getting what they want, right. and if they believe that violence can get them what they want, they will go through with it. But if they believe that they can't get away with the violence for some reason... Without get some farmer with a shotgun to blow your head off. Right. Uh, whether it's the fear of the police or fear of the farmer with the shotgun, that's what's stopping them, not because they have some sort of idea about society or, you know, the basis of society being some sort of social contract. That's... You know, the, the, the social contract is just a fantasy, and it's an excuse used by people that, that wish to rule over others and as an excuse for ruling over others. That's how, I've, that's how it's always been seen by me. And if we didn't have this concept of a social contract, you'd still have things that were appropriate and inappropriate for society because we're all interested in preserving, for the most part, most of us that aren't psychopaths and uh, sociopaths, those people tend to be attracted to the governmental roles, by the way, but the people that aren't psychopaths and soci sociopaths understand that they want to live another day, and so they'll go about interacting with other people on the basis that will allow them to live another day and uh, interact on a basis that will uh, you know, keep them happy and keep them as wealthy as possible and, and alive. I mean, we all have that interest, so that's why society works for the most part. We get along with each other because it's in our best interests, not because there's some unwritten set of rules out there that's, you know, magically, <laughs> that we've all agreed to, that is completely arbitrary and enforced by this group of people called the government. I, I thank you for the call tonight, Curtis. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Paul in California on the amp line. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Just super. What's on your mind tonight, Paul? Oh, I wanted to talk about uh, social contract, the idea of social contract briefly. Um, I guess what I'm thinking is that, uh, you know, the comparison is not really legitimate to uh, you hurt me or I feel slighted, so I'm going to bop you over the head like the cavemen did. Uh, we've developed a lot in society in many different ways, uh, you know, commerce, uh, art, I mean, infinite number of ways, we're infinitely more complex than them, than then. And it's, uh, it's somewhat disingenuous to say that, you know, oh, oh, the alternative to, you know, some single monopoly on force 
is, you know, us going back to cave, caveman days. And uh, yeah, it's there, a false there choice. Is going, yeah, exactly. And there is going to, there's nothing wrong with the idea of, you know, the majority having, uh, you know, the majority just in a factual basis will have more power. If there's one person who believes, you know, it's okay to do some, you know, to, to go hurt people and everybody else disagrees, that person's not going to get away with it. I mean, that's just the fact of the situation. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is when we have this fictitious idea that the majority can do things that would be immoral for an individual to do. So the problem is not that the majority has the power. The problem is the majority thinks that they can wield that power in ways that we know are immoral. That's a great point, and that's right. what's going on. The idea on. is is that uh, although I, um, you know, I, I have certain rights, and I can assign those rights to someone else, um, I cannot assign rights that I do not have to someone else. So, uh, you know, if I, I have the right to dig a hole in my yard, I can hire somebody to, to dig that hole in my yard if I, that's what I want to do. It's my yard. However, I cannot steal from other people, so therefore I don't have the right to assign the ability to steal to another person or a group of people for me and, 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 and to be legitimate. But and that's really in, what taxes are. Taxes right. are taking things from people that you didn't earn. And you can justify it by saying, well, it's okay, we've got a social contract. Sure, right. you never signed it, but you hey, it's out there. You wouldn't be able to make money if it wasn't for the government, and, and the government grows more and more arduous, and you mm-hmm. can show, in fact, that uh, the, the size of government and its uh, restrictions, in fact, impede people's ability to make money and get things done. But that doesn't matter. You wouldn't have what you have, so a, a portion of it's ours. Right. If, if you weren't giving us your hard-earned money and we weren't threatening to take it from you, you'd be worse off because there's then there'd be the chance that some private criminal would rob you. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what the government is saying. So we're going to rob you and on in a some places, yearly the, basis. The government it's takes a, away your right to defend racket. yourself. It's the same as the mob. Say again, Paul? It's a protection racket. It's just the same thing as, you know, Al Capone coming by and say, well, I'll, uh, I'll take care of your uh, shop for you. I'll make sure <clears throat> nothing happens to it. And, you know, yep. the only threat to your shop is his guys. Absolutely right. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Let's go quickly to Matt in California. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matt. Mark and Ian, I know I'm on the back side of the show, so I'll be quick. Uh, Gene, the Christian anarchist, and I, you, I, you can't see me, but I have Christian up with my finger quotes. Okay. Um, he called last night, and he was saying something to the effect that blacks in the South, all they drive cars with big rims, and they're lazy and shiftless. And I, Basically, that's what he said. I, yeah, I think he was making yeah. a generalization that they... Uh, he said lots of them, yeah. and uh, he said but, it was his, his experience that they were shiftless. Well, my grandfather and my father are both from the South, a little place called Miccosukee, Florida, where you won't find on a map. And uh, my grandfather basically, first of all, I don't know anybody. I'm not from the South. I don't know anybody. None of my friends at least have those kind of vehicles. I drive an 88 Volvo and a 91 Explorer, so I don't know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. But on on top of that, though, my grandfather and all my family members, when I was growing up, um, when he was growing up, they owned a farm. And they got up at 6 in the morning, even before that, worked the farm before they went to school, walked to school, came home, worked the farm after that. And the only day they didn't do that was on Sunday when they did the same thing but with the church instead of school. And it's like, you know, I hope Gene Anakis is not a free state member because it's, it's that kind of speech that makes, like, when, we, when blacks hear that, I'm like, oh, really, this is one more fight I have to deal with? Like, mm. I go to school full-time, I work full-time, I got to deal with that? I mean, hopefully he's not. 
Well, there are a bunch of people within the free state movement that I have some pretty serious disagreements with, so I don't know. I can't speak for him. But the, most of the people around here, I like them a lot, and they're pretty open-minded people. Thanks I like, like what he's got to say otherwise. Out, uh, back on Monday night, freetalklive.com. As a small business owner, you know that communication between clients and employees is essential to your company's success. Email is part of your company's DNA, but you didn't get into business to manage email. It's time to evolve with DNAmail.com. Get Microsoft Exchange-hosted email services with free activation and setup, 24-7 support, and 99.99% guaranteed uptime, all starting at $8.95 a month. DNA Mail even supports your BlackBerry and iPhone and offers a free Microsoft SharePoint Internet portal to keep everyone connected. Look, you know what it costs to set up an email system. Don't blow your budget on fighting viruses and having an IT specialist on call. Save time and money with DNAMail.com. Every standard or unlimited exchange mailbox will get a free copy of Microsoft Outlook 2007 or Entourage 2008. Call us at 800-628-3204. That's 800-628-3204. Or visit dnamail.com and join the evolution.